Support for the Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Barbecue is all about feel and touch in your eyes. It's not an exact science. So uh, training your people, um, some people get it, some people don't. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm, The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. When it comes to the threats to honeybees, environmental activists say pesticides are public enemy number one. But scientists say it's complicated. Our special honeybee reporting project continues with a look at the many dangers faced by honeybees. Plus, this pitmaster champ and food show veteran brings her star power to Tampa. We meet Leanne Whippen of the Devil Pig Restaurant. Come meet us in person. The Zest will be doing a live taping of a conversation with honeybee experts. It's Sunday, November 10th at 2 p.m. at Sweetwater Organic Community Farm in Tampa. And we'll have lots of different kinds of local honeys for you to taste. Find all the details at thezestpodcast.com or at the Zest Podcast Facebook page. Support for the Zest Podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Honeybees are one of the foundations of American agriculture, and they are under attack on several fronts. As part of our reporting project on honeybees with WUSF News, Steve Newborn visits one beekeeper in Polk County who has to drive thousands of miles every year to keep his hives humming. Robbie Bell swings his flatbed truck into a grassy area of a reclaimed phosphate mine a half dozen miles west of his Polk County home in Fort Meade. It's the perfect place for bees. Only a few cars whiz down Highway 640, and the bees are happily pollinating the invasive Brazilian pepper trees that have taken root here. Right here is a little over 100 hives sitting in this yard. Each one of these right now this time of year has got in the neighborhood of 60,000 or so bugs. He stokes his bee smoker, a small metal homemade-looking canister with pine needles. It's used to calm the bees as he pulls a frame out of the hives. But all is not so calm in bee circles. We're seeing the collapse of the beekeeping industry. After our year is over with, I say our year, from January till the first week of June, We lose 40% of our operation. You can go have 100 hives here in June, and I guarantee you 40 to 50 of them is going to be dead in a month. Bell says the problem comes in threes. One is the Varroa mite. It got imported here in the United States in the late 80s. The mites burrow into the bees, sucking the blood of adults. The next dilemma in Florida is citrus greening, a disease that has severely cut Florida's citrus groves. This has limited the production of orange blossom honey, which used to be a roadside staple in Florida. 
And then there's number three. The new pesticides is one of the, the neonicotinoids are really, they're playing havoc with this industry. The residues from these sprays, and also we're finding out the um, fungicides that are used in the fields are, are messing up the bees' guts. They can't process their food. Those neonicotinoids, called neonics for short, have created alarm among birders and beekeepers. The Sierra Club has unveiled a national campaign against the pesticide-coated seeds. Dan Rochelle is an attorney with the National Resources Defense Council. The neonic coating on one corn seed has enough active ingredient to kill about a quarter million bees. Rochelle says they're the most used pesticides in the country, covering more than 100 million acres. Several states in the European Union have banned the use of some neonics, but in July, the federal EPA allowed the use of a neonic called sofloxiflor, waiving a legal requirement for a field study of its impacts on pollinators. A coalition of beekeepers fired back in September, suing the EPA for its decision. Professor Jamie Ellis directs honeybee research at the University of Florida. He says the varroa mites are by far the greatest threat. Though there's no doubt pesticides kill bees every year, he says that's when pesticides are not applied correctly. A lot of the impacts that are happening to bees are hard to reproduce in the lab or in controlled studies. So we've got this idea that pesticides are driving it, but we don't have the data to support that generally. Ellis also says although there's a 40% loss to colonies every year, the number of total hives are increasing slightly. That's because of the hard work of beekeepers like Robbie Bell, who every year takes his hives around the country as far as almond groves in the foothills of California's Sierra Nevada. Up till the last 20 years, we never thought about this kind of stuff. But the neonics and the biotech seeds, the Roundup Ready and all that stuff is playing a big part in this. Despite the seemingly endless problems, Bell says there is hope for his hives. He's praying for a solution to the varroa mite. Then he says beekeepers can deal with the pesticides a little better. That was Steve Newborn reporting for The Zest and WUSF 89.7 News. Leanne Whiffen was one of the first female competitive barbecue pitmasters in a physically demanding business that two decades later still hasn't really attracted many women. She opened up the Tampa restaurant The Deviled Pig in November of 2018 and created a signature dish of the same name. I stopped by for a sample and a conversation with Leanne after she was named Master of Q by ousting seven barbecue greats on this summer's premiere season of the Food Network show Barbecue Brawl, Flay vs. Simon. My name is Leanne Whippen and I am pitmaster partner at the Deviled Pig restaurant. So how did you come up with the name The Deviled Pig? The deviled crab, of course, is very prevalent in this neck of the woods. So we thought, well, let's go with the deviled pig and actually make that our signature dish, which is what we did. We took out the crab and put in smoked pork, came up with uh, a sriracha sauce, sauteed peppers, onions. It gets deep fried um, with panko breadcrumbs. And then we have a signature dry rub pig powder that we sprinkle on top. Sounds wonderful. So it's spicy, just like the deviled crab. It is crab. spicy. Yes, it is. How long have you been doing this? I've been in competitive barbecue for 23 years, and as far as barbecue restaurants, this is restaurant six. Wow. Yeah. 
six restaurants so moved down here from Chicago about a year and a half ago and had two places there and my main reason for coming down to Tampa is that my daughter who is a graduate of at USF um, is uh, she was starting a family and my mom lives in Naples so I came down for family reasons now I'm going to describe you you are tall and blonde and <laughs> You're and small boned, um, very. You're fit, but you you're not a big gal. Uh, I you know this is a, a tough business, the restaurant world, because you are on your feet 24/7. There's a lot of lifting involved, so I call it my barbecue Pilates. <laughs> so that kind of helps uh, with you know keeping people in the kitchen fit, and uh, it's kind of built-in exercise, you might say. So I was thinking, though, for barbecue competitions, uh, you you know, does it, is it physical? It is. Barbecue competitions, are. It, it's very physical. It's very stressful. Um, you don't realize how much goes into it as far as, you know, bringing your rigs there, setting up your cookers, uh, you know, dragging along, you know, tons of charcoal. All of your meats you have to bring and provide. They don't give it to you. So, and not only that, but it's, it's the endurance of being able to stay up all night long uh, to cook because there's specific turn-in times. And so you start cooking the night before and turn in the next day. So you're up all night long. Wait, just, just, just go through the process for me. And this is amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it's really cool. So I follow the KCBS circuit, which is the Kansas City Barbecue Society circuit. There's another circuit called Memphis in May. Memphis in May is on-site judging, where the judges come to your site and you actually talk about it and they meet you face-to-face. -face. I like the KCBS because it's blind judging. So everything is turned in in a box. It's numbered, renumbered, so the judges have no idea where it's coming from. So then they really get a true um, you know score based on the actual food not on the dog and pony show I call it so I usually put my big pieces of meat on at 11 o'clock at night the first turn in is um, what are you cooking on uh, so I have a big 26 foot rig it's a trailer and it has a big jed master on it which is a rotisserie cooker that holds about 1200 pounds of meat and then I usually bring a green egg with me I bring a WSM which is a Weber Smoky Mountain Bullet and then I have a Jambo Pit which is my high-end competition rig so I use uh, certain meats on certain cookers based on my experience and you know the way it turns out so I'll be using four cookers at the same time so with the rig and all these smokers and everything else, how much money do you think you have invested in just the equipment? And that's the thing, you can't make a living by competing because it is extremely expensive because you're traveling, first of all. Uh, it's, I do compete by myself, but usually, you know, it's, it's nice to bring someone else along. So you're, you know, you're paying for your lodging if you don't have an RV, you're paying for all of your meats. And then um, your entry fees, your gas, and your time, you know, away from work. It can, uh, it, a, any given contest can run into easily uh, 1000 to $1,500 and sometimes more if you go further. It adds up. <laughs> so why do it if you, you, you said you don't make a living doing it, so what's the, what's the fun, what's the joy? Um, so I started doing this with my dad 23 years ago and when we did our first competition, the Georgia State in Stone Mountain, we actually won grand champion out of 97 teams. And it's kind of one of those things like I call it the barbecue bug <laughs> biting you. Um, you just get kind of hooked on it and, and I really like competition, I like the atmosphere, I like the people that are there because you meet families and longtime friends. I mean I've had friends for years from this. so. Um, 
it's not not just the thrill of competition it's also uh, the whole camaraderie of, of the whole entire competition itself are there many women that are doing this or do you, I mean was that especially starting out when you said 20 odd years ago were you kind of an uh, oddity? I, I, yeah I was one of the first uh, there's a very small amount of women there are women on teams of course because there's family teams but just women alone uh, I would have to say in the country there's maybe 15 to 20 tops. Wow. Yeah, it's that small. Do you know Ray Lampy? Uh, Ray's my best buddy. He, he, as a matter of fact, I had dinner with him two nights ago. Uh, Ray and I go b way back. We've been friends for probably 15 plus years. And it's ironic that now we're in the same neck of the woods because, and he actually is from Chicago, which is where I moved from. Well, so it's kind of why, funny. Yeah, it's kind of that, funny. That's why I brought him up. So Ray Lampy, let's just explain. Ray Lampy is Dr. Barbecue. Yes. He's got Dr. Barbecue restaurant in St. Petersburg. Funny. But when you said you were from Chicago, I figured you must know each other. Oh he, yeah. I, I don't even know him from Chicago. I know him from the circuit because we did NASCAR stuff together. Uh, we did uh, a TV show out in Reno for the Versus Network, the Kingsford Barbecue Championship Series together. Yeah, we just crossed paths a lot, and we've become friends over the years. And I want to mention your earrings. You're wearing gold hoops with pigs. Yes. Um, so uh, my barbecue goes way back uh, to my grandmother, who uh, actually had a hog farm in Lexington, Missouri. So my dad was born and raised there. And that's how I got into the barbecue is, you know, started in the backyard, then we became certified as judges. And then one day I said, Dad, let's go compete. And that's how it all started. And I have two girls and they were heavily involved in it. Um, they still are. As a matter of fact, my oldest daughter and I in Vegas at the World Food Championships uh, took first runner up in barbecue out there. And she was on uh, the Pitmaster All-Star Show with me a couple of years ago. And then my youngest was on the TLC Pitmaster shows with me, too. So I keep them in tow. They're very good. <laughs> so it's a family affair. How, yes. long, how old are your girls? So my oldest one is 29 with the new granddaughter, Charlie. And then uh, my youngest is 21, and she's in college right now. I just want to hear a little bit more about you, a very feminine female, <laughs> you know, <laughs> makeup, hair, long pink fingernails, <laughs> in this sort of rough and tumble business. Yeah, it's it's rough, but I have a lot of photographs to prove that it gets dirty, you know, from charcoal on the face, you know, to hurting myself. Um, but it's, uh, you just kind of have to put that aside. Something that I kind of preach in the years that I've been doing this is, I, I may say some negative things about the restaurant world, but as far as competition, I urge women to get in there. And even if, even if they don't do well, because or they take a lot of heat from the men being out there, just stay vigilant, because that's what I did. You know, I would love to see more women out there. And anybody that wants to contact me here at The Devil Pig, my email is leanne at devilpig.com and I'd be happy to help you out as far as getting started or for somebody that's out there, just assist in uh, trying to put you in the forefront. Well, nice. Yeah. So, but you just did very well in a competition against Bobby Flay. Well, Tell us about yeah. that. So Bobby Flay and I, we actually did a throwdown together at my restaurant in Chesapeake and I did beat him in the pulled pork category, but this was a different competition. It was called Barbecue Brawl on Food Network with um, Michael Simon and Bobby Flay, and it was eight pitmasters, and they built their team of four pitmasters each. So I was actually on Bobby Flay's team. I wasn't competing against him. So he's trying to uh, have bragging rights based on his team member winning um, the whole contest, and, and you know, the 
they gave you the title of the Master of Q, whoever won. So it was a four-part series. And, um, yeah, I ended up winning the whole thing and finished out with a whole hog that caught on fire and ended up pulling it out. So it was, uh, it was a real honor to be able to cook, uh, you know, alongside with him. And Where, where um, were you? Did you have to stay out there the whole time? Oh, yeah, we, were, we filmed for uh, 10 days out in Austin, Texas, but we were freezing. I mean, it was really, really cold, and it was rainy the first day, and all these things affect your pit, too. So uh, the weather was not the greatest at all. And then you had early call times. You know, we'd be up at 5.30 in the morning and cooking till 11.30 at night. And it was back to back to back. So it was exhausting. It was probably one of the toughest comps I've ever done because there was so much of it. Was Bobby Flay there alongside you? Or was oh, he staying yeah, in his no, trailer? No, Bobby and Michael were on set a lot. A lot more than I expected. You've got trophies lining your walls. <laughs> I have a lot of trophies. Actually... A lot of them have bit the dust because when I'm out competing, I vend, all right? So I sell barbecue, which is a whole nother bear. And the more trophies that you can bring with you to show to the customers, oh, wow, this must be really good. It's a draw and you'll get bigger lines. So I've lost a lot of trophies along the way due to weather and breakage of traveling. So it's actually dwindled down over the years. But yeah, there's a few up there. <laughs> a lot up there. So this is, so I'm just describing this. It's a small place. Um, there are just a couple little four, four top tables. Right. We have a huge pit in the back, an old Hickory SSJ, which holds probably 1,400 pounds of meat. Um, and then I use a local wood company, Black Dog Firewood, for my wood. And we use cherry, hickory, oak, and pecan woods. Uh, so it's a good mix of um, smoke you know on our meats and you know we're trying to use an elevated quality meat but also uh, rather than your traditional standard meats we're adding things um, you know like smoked bologna and rib tips and rib tips are basically the top of a St. Louis rib but that's traditionally found in like Chicago so when people come in and see those and they're like oh my god rib tips they almost always say oh I'm from Chicago and we can't get them down here and another thing is beef brisket isn't very prevalent down here so we're doing burnt ends here and sliced brisket, and everything is dry rubbed. Um, pig powder is is the main rub that my dad developed many years ago, and it, and it was used on the show, and it's mentioned quite often because it is it has an excellent flavor profile of sweet with a little bit of heat. So that we use on most of our meats. Um, and then all the sauces are on the side, and we're kind of giving you an experience of what barbecue's like all over the country. So we have Kansas City-style tomato base um, which is kind of a sweet tomato base, and then we have a spicy tomato base, and then we have a South Carolina mustard, um, a northern, well, an eastern North Carolina vinegar sauce, and then the one that's really kind of crazy that people are really loving is our Floribama white, which is a takeoff on the um, Alabama white sauce, which is a mayonnaise-based sauce, but we're adding horseradish fresh garlic, and it really complements the brisket. So people are loving that, and the South Carolina mustard happens to be one of my favorites, too. So we're making all those sauces here, and again, sauces on the sides so that you can kind of gauge and test different regions of foods. And yeah, we're even doing shrimp here. We're doing Argentinian reds and smoking them over hickory uh, with our dry rub and um, kind of has a flavor profile of lobster. So yeah, different, different than the normal barbecue. All the sides are made in-house, you know, so. Let me ask you about your impressions of Florida. You haven't been here that long. Um, how is the food different? How are the customers different? What do you think about it? So Florida, um, well, I came here, gosh, many years ago to see my daughter. 
And I can't believe, how, first of all, how much it's grown. And the restaurants have expanded, I mean, tenfold. So I feel like it's a really up-and-coming foodie kind of a place. Talk about Tampa Bay. Tampa, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was nice to see because I was worried about coming down here. I didn't know. Oh, really? Why? Yeah, just because... Um, there are barbecue places down here and sometimes people don't think outside of the box and I, you know I didn't want to be critical uh, of Tampa but I just didn't know what to expect and I was definitely off base because people are totally into food they like trying different things so it's been received quite well which is great the weather I have a problem with <laughs> Not gonna lie, you know, coming from Chicago, I actually like the seasons and the cold weather, but you know, air conditioning, right? So it's okay. Yeah, you've got your tables outside, and yeah. I'm thinking, mm, yeah, so it's 95 degrees. You know, you think outside tables are great in Florida, but you know, it's almost uh, they will be. You'll, yeah, you know, wait, you'll, you'll it's seasonal. It's seasonal, but. Uh, no, actually, I, I really like Tampa a lot, much more than I expected, and I plan on staying here a long time. Yeah, even hopefully, you know, we're looking at expansion, you know, one of these days. Great. All right, let's take a look at your devil pig. Okay, we'll do that. This is the devil pig, and uh, t describe this to me. It's, it's kind of like a football shape. It's got like a bread... Yeah, so it goes through a dredge, a, um, a flour, egg, and panko breadcrumb dredge. And that makes it, the panko uh, breadcrumbs gets it really crispy and it's deep fried. And then we put our signature pig powder rub, we sprinkle that on top. And then it's filled with our smoked pork, which has sauteed peppers, onions. And then I created a sriracha sauce that goes in it as well. So it's, that gives it the kick. And then if you want to tone down the spice, I recommend using our original sweet so barbecue sauce with it. I mean, I like it just straight up, but... Um, so I, I brought a sweet sauce and also the white barbecue sauce just because it's so different to try. But it's, it's, it's delicious. It's like a deep fried ball of goodness. And, uh, so it's, what's inside there? Pulled pork? Pulled pork, sauteed peppers and onions. And then... So instead of the crab, it's just it's pork. pork. Exactly. Ah. Yeah, it kind of stands out, but it, it's not for the faint of heart. It is spicy, but it has a good spice to Let's it. Let's try it's, it. Mm. Yeah, it's got a little kick to it, so... That's delicious. Okay, here comes here comes the kick. Woo. Yeah, it gets you. But here's here's a little bit of the sweet barbecue okay, sauce, and that'll cut it a little bit. This so. is called the sweet barbecue sauce. Yeah, that's our original mild sauce. So that cuts it back mm. a little bit. It's good with it. That's really good with yeah, it. Yeah, I like it together. I thought it was going to be too sweet, but yeah, it's a, it counteracts. Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really like that. And. The white sauce I just wanted you to try, but I really like it on beef because of the horseradish and garlic profile. Sounds perfect for but, brisket. But it's actually, yeah, and it's really good on chicken, too. I mean, that's where it originated in Alabama. The white sauce was on chicken, so it does complement chicken. But the you put horseradish in anything. I, I'm a horseradish. Uh, freak, makes it so, so I love much it. better. Yeah, it is. It's very good. So All right, here's, the, here's the white sauce. And it's sauce. got a little red wine vinegar in it, so it does have a little bit of acid in it, too. But... It kind of cools it off too. My, the white sauce is my daughter's favorite sauce. So different. <laughs> it is it's different. So different. Uh -huh. it, um, it's not traditional barbecue sauce. It's different, but it's good. I think people would want both. I mean, because it really changes up the flavor mm -hmm. to have that white sauce yeah. with the horseradish. Uh, I'm going back into that sweet sauce though, Leanne. 
And then another thing that we're doing here that's become very, very popular is our brisket quesadilla. So we use pepper jack cheese in these large flour tortillas. And we put uh, fresh jalapenos. We smoke our corn here. We put smoked corn in there. Um, a little bit of our spicy sauce. And then we make a barbecue crema and fried jalapenos and put that on top. And it's out of this world. So the that's become a very popular item here is our brisket quesadilla. Wow, I love the idea of that smoked corn. It doesn't dry mm -hmm. it out? No, it doesn't. Uh, so you soak it in water for about a half hour. And then we also do something that's very good that doesn't have bread. Um, and that is a takeoff of a pokey bowl. So we're calling it a porky bowl. So uh, basically it has a slaw base to it. And we put the smoked corn, pickled red onions. Um, What's the base? It's coleslaw. So, and then you can pick your meat that you want on top. So you can have pork or chicken or turkey. Um, you know, any one of our smoked meats. This kind of sounds like a pretty extensive menu. It, it is pretty extensive. It might be too big, but... Uh, How does it compare with your other restaurants? It's about the same. And my restaurants in Chicago were huge, so they were actually bigger menus. And then... So more, the bowl more seating? How did you come oh, yeah. decided to go with such a small place? So we went for location. We sacrificed seats for location since we wanted to build the brand here. And... Um, great location though. Excuse me stuffing my face. Yeah, we're, So how's it been so How's business so far? Oh, business has been crazy good. Uh, we're just really focusing on our catering. Do your competitions really help get your name out there? I do feel like it does. It, it gives you credibility. I don't really know that it's going to make you, um, you know, into a, a fabulous restaurant. It's, it gives you credibility to at least, you know, market yourself tell but me the you, difference then what's the difference like because you're saying just because you're great at the competitions you're good with the pit doesn't necessarily mean your restaurant's going to be run yeah because you can't produce competition style food in a restaurant it just can't be done because you know there's a bunch of different techniques and things you use throughout a competition that you just can't train people to do barbecue is all about feel and touch and your eyes it's not an exact science so uh, training your people, um, some people get it, some people don't. So it's expensive too because there are added ingredients that you add um, throughout the cook that, uh, for example, honey. Honey is super, super expensive and there's no way that I can incorporate that into my process because then it would make the price point too high. But during competition you're going to do it. Of course. Competition, you know, you're there to win and you're there Pull for the money. The yeah, so you're, you're willing to add that additional expense sure yeah do you mind that I keep eating oh no you go right <laughs> I'm really hungry and this is fantastic I'm glad you like it so we're doing a whole big special reporting project on honey and honeybees so it's interesting that you say so I just, yeah there's great honey down here as a matter of fact I used to have it shipped to me from here uh, to use in competition so I know there's great honey down here Leanne, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad you were able to come out and try the deviled pig and eat the deviled pig. Oh, yeah, I had no trouble. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you. That was Leanne Whippen, Food Network star, pit master, and managing partner of the Deviled Pig Restaurant in Tampa. That's all for today. We've got lots of recipes for meat lovers on our website, including advice on grilling the perfect prime bone-in ribeye steak from Josiah Citron. It's on our website, thezestpodcast.com. 
I'm Robin Sessingham. Dalia Cologne and I produce The Zest with help from Megan Trimble, Mark Hayes, and Craig George. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media.